Welcome to Paintbrush and Ivories, the podcast for artists and curious creatives that connects creativity with the heart and soul. I'm Michelle Walker, and I'm here with my creative soul sister, Jennifer Ruth Russell. Hey, Jen. Hey, Michelle. You ready to rock and roll? I am. So let's talk about today's topic, which is a big one, which is running an online challenge. And you and I have both participated in challenges, but we've also run some recently. You've run a couple in the past, haven't you? Tell me a bit about your online challenges. You know, I ran a challenge called Activate Your Money Power with the Angels, and I've done it twice. So I was able to use all the all the videos and everything that I prepared for it twice. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And the reason that I did it was to give a little bit, a little bite-sized bit of the work that I do in my academy. And so it was a, like a doable, actionable, just a bite size of, of what I do. So it was it was fun. And I, I remember it fondly. Yeah. And have you also been a participant in online challenges? I have been, but I have to tell you, I'm not a very good participant. <laughs> I know what that I, means. <laughs> I am I am in there for the first couple of days, maybe the third day. And if it's a five-day challenge, I kind of peter off. I must say that I'm not a good example of a participant. How about you? I've done a few. I've got a couple which are longer time frames. So Tara Lever is an artist in UK. She runs 21 days in my art world as a hashtag online challenge at three. And it happens usually earlier in the year. I've already done it this year. I really enjoy hers. And three weeks is interesting because there is a bit of a rhythm it's not a big ask. The other one that I've done twice now, which I've enjoyed, which is the 100-day project, and I'll put tags for both of those and links that people can have a look at. But both of those I've really enjoyed because they've been, they've been like a little spoonful of an idea each day that we then take wherever we want to personally. And mm -hmm. the 100-day project is a really interesting one. And it, it got me thinking about online challenges or online events to work with others, to build community. And I guess I lent into this year the idea of running an online challenge. So this is my first. So if anyone's listening that was part of my Money Mojo for Artists challenge, hi, and thank you for being awesome. I think it's really a good topic to talk about because there's a few things that it can bring us as our, in our own practice, but also help us give back. What are your thoughts about the nature of your challenge, Jen, and what it was for you and what it was for your participants? Well, I was really clear why I wanted to do a five-day challenge on Facebook. I did mine on Facebook. I did it because I wanted to position myself as an expert in my field, and I wanted to gather a community around me with that, that expertise. So that was, it was really purposeful for me. It was fun in that it was just like doable parts to do every day. And I got, I, whenever I play with the angels, I just, I just love that. But I really wanted also for it to be really relevant, that it would be something that people would really engage in. Yeah, and that I would absolutely get to know more people in my my area, which I guess we could call niche, you know, in my in my niche and people that I work with and and who I am expanded. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in an yeah. expanded sense. So if anyone's listening that would like to run 
an online challenge with a sort of a creative focus, but it doesn't have to be per se. I think there's some big chunks of things we can talk through because you and I have both done this and we've done other things. And I've got to say that in my case, my online challenge was almost like a mini course. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was even almost, it definitely was. So there was kind of a content depth to it. So if you're out there and you're thinking about running an online challenge, what would be the things that you would need to think through and organize for it to be a success? And I think that's what we want to focus on today. And possibly we've got too much content, so it may go into a part two. We'll see how we go. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning then. What was the process for you to come up with your idea and your focus for your challenge? And what would you think about for others that might be trying to do this? My process is always really simple. It's to think from the end. So what is the end result that I'm looking for? That always clarifies what I'm going to be doing. So if it's simply to grow my community, that's one thing. But if it's to have people come into a program with me, that's a little different process. So, you know, I always think it's really important to get really clear why you want to do a challenge. And Mm -hmm. so to me, going to the end and seeing the result that you're wanting is really helpful. How about you? Yeah, I think that's perfect. And for me, purpose is really a good starting point. And this year, when I ran the online challenge around Money Mojo for artists, it was very much about, I've got this business coaching and specialist coaching area in money that I wanted to share into the community of artists that I know and that could take advantage of it. For me, I felt like I had a useful body of knowledge that could transfer really well into that community with a very specific take. And having been inside, being a full-time artist for the last couple of years, I started to see it from a different perspective. And I felt that that would be a valuable thing to gift. And it was Mm -hmm. that motivation. And with some feedback from other artists, and I'm in a community that's an international community of artists, and there was a lot of talk about it. And I realized that some of the stuff that I'd learned back in my business coaching and life coaching days was really valuable. So that for me was the purpose. The purpose was to share into the community of artists that I'm connected to who I feel you know, it's all about lifting each other up and sharing what we know so that we can all do better work and all be more sustainable in our art practice and business. So for me, that Mm -hmm. was really exciting. And I think that while I didn't have this as a purpose, I think sometimes it can be a really good way for someone to understand their audience or their community more through doing an activity like this. Absolutely. It's really valuable and rich information and to understand both the struggles and the aspirations. So that if you've got online courses or coaching programs or teaching programs of any sort, you can really target them a little better and be clearer about what the benefits might be. So mine was, I think, very much a recognition that I had something that might be useful in Mm -hmm. my community. But I know a lot of people do it to grow their community and a lot of people do it specifically to that term. I don't know whether you like it, but that no like and trust factor, you know, the fact that people get to see you and hear you and see you respond in situations. And so they can learn to sort of decide whether or not 
you're their kind of person. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and wouldn't it be great to do also a challenge as if you're an artist and you're wanting to expose more people to your work, it would be a great reason to do a challenge, mm. you know, and to encourage others along the way in their artistry. If you are an artist that has been doing this for a while and you know certain things that others don't know, it's simple. It's mm. so simple to me. And it's such a great way to give and also to receive. It is. So you had a different format from what I did. And you did a really simple approach in terms of the things that you put together to be as part of your challenge. So you had a daily email, didn't you? And then a discussion group. Did you hold that on Facebook? Actually, I did that on the phone. I did mine really simply. I just used what I have. Yeah. And okay. I, I, I want to just say that to everybody because you can definitely keep this as simple as you want to. So I did videos up front. I got everything ready up front. I think maybe that would be helpful for us to talk about what it takes up front um, because that to me was the most, to me, it was like 85% of the work was before. Definitely. Um, and, and then, have to agree. and then as, as the challenge started itself, it, it kind of just was ready to work itself. And I had to just kind of pay attention and, and guide it that way. So when we're still back in the ideas, we're deciding what it is that we're going to do, what components we're going to put together. I think we also need to decide how long we want to run the challenge for. So what's the duration? Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I said, Jean Thompson's 100-day project is 100 days and That's... Tara Lever's 21 days and yours was five days and mine was seven days but actually eight. So there is no fixed duration that makes it a winner. <laughs> it's more about what do you feel like you want to do if you're running the challenge, doesn't it? I mean, what have you got to offer in terms of content that you think hangs together well? But also, what have you got time and energy for mm -hmm. to make it work for you? The other question for me is, is it going to be a free challenge or is it going to be paid? So yours was free, Jen? Was it a free one? Mine was free. In fact, I gave away cash prizes because we were working with money and the angels. And yeah. so we were, you know, activating. It was free. So you also used incentives. I did that as well. I think the decision about free or paid was really interesting. And for me, because I was doing a money challenge, money mojo, I wanted people to really put their hand on their heart and say, I'm in. And yeah. I felt like even keeping the entry cost, if you like, quite low, it did reflect a degree of I'm all in. I think, mm -hmm. you know, if you got to put yes. 20 bucks on the table, you want to get that 20 bucks worth. I think, and then I, think, I think it was such a great idea. And I think I learned from you because next time I will also, not a large fee, but something, something that says exactly what you said. I'm committed to this process. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Yep. And when we get to thinking about one of the struggles I had with my challenge was actually titling it. So can I just share that I spent, at least two months in quandary and I must have come up with eight different names which I of all of them went past Jen and our other mastermind <laughs> goddess Lisa and what became really interesting for me and something that I learned and there's a great YouTube clip that I want to share with people a guy named Rory Vaden talks about 
the five tips for a title. And I didn't get past tip number one because number one nailed it for me. I actually realized I'd been titling my challenge wrong. And it's valuable information, not just for challenges, but for online courses. If you've got a YouTube channel, whatever. It's actually a positive thing. And the great snippet that I walked away with was, does your challenge title fit in after the words I want? So you want your potential audience, your potential clients or potential people that are going to jump in with you to say, I want dot, dot, dot. And the dot, dot, dot is the name of your challenge. And I had been talking about money mindset. And that is a fairly... It's a fairly recognized term, I would say. It has a level of recognition. People understand that what we're talking about with money mindset is, you know, what is your brain doing and how are you thinking about money? But you don't wake up in the morning and go, I want money mindset. You know, like this is the day I'm going to get my money mindset. It's not a thing like that. It's more neutral and or even a bit bleh. I don't know. So I felt money mojo. It's not juicy. Whereas money mojo Mm -hmm. to me, as soon as I landed on that, I went, yes. And it's money mojo for artists. So everyone's really clear about who it's for. So Mm -hmm. once I kind of got there, I actually found myself feeling in the groove and things just flowed. But the title of your challenge, make it really clear about what it's about and also make it something that people actually recognize they want as opposed to my money mindset thing, which clearly people don't. So we'll, we'll <laughs> move on. And, and I, yeah, also- I want to I say something about that too, because I think it's a, just the same question, but in a different, different way to say it is the title needs to be what you're going to be receiving from the challenge. So mine was activate your money power with the angels. And absolutely it was activating your money power and the angels, and I love those two A's. You've got two M's right there, Money mm-hmm. Mojo. And I love Activate with Angels. You know, mm-hmm. to me, that that was just the bookends. It was provocative, too, because many times people don't think of angels and money in the same sentence, right? No, we don't put those two together just automatically. But that is exactly my gift to the world is that it is absolutely a beautiful partnership. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so... I love that. I do love the way you title things and you're right. Everyone, you know, that idea of also of money power can be really provocative and also that's a good challenge right there. Can I can I grow my money power or can I feel comfortable in my money power, in my own power? Yeah. So I think you've you nailed it there. The next phase to think about is you've got your ideas. You've got the way that you're going to deliver, you know, how long the challenge is going to go for, whether it's paid or not or free. And I just feel like the next thing is the doing of the prep. Like you said before, Jen, that you did your videos and 80% of the work was done before the go day. So let's talk about that preparation phase where we've done all our thinking. And then we've got maybe, for me, it was at least two weeks of clarity. Now I'm into preparation mode and I'm starting to get materials together emails all that stuff that's needed setting things up so let's talk about that what were some of the things that were really stand out important for you in that phase of running the challenge well first of all I wanted to get my outline for what each day would be about and so I I went ahead and just titled the days 
that gave me the focus of where I needed to, to bring the teachings in. But the preparation, it came so naturally after I got the outline together. You know, it just, it didn't feel like it was difficult. It just that I had to do it. And that was, I think my videos were no longer than five minutes a piece. Um, I, part of my challenge too, is I wanted something to run through it all because this wasn't an art challenge, a different kind of challenge. So I had everyone get their own little book of abundance. And that was just an idea that came can, that came up, you know, as I was in inquiry to what would be really meaningful for them to have a place that they were keeping all these little assignments that they had an assignment every day that they had to do to activate their creative power and to activate the circulation, whatever they had to do, and to take this little book with them. That was like their companion, their little angel on paper. <laughs> so that that was basically where I started just with the ideas of the dates yeah of what every day would would be yeah how about you something very similar and i found that when i laid out the days i wanted people to have an opportunity to pause and breathe so mine was 7 days i decided day 4 was a good opportunity to just not have any assignments but to just open up the channels for discussion so having live conversations through Zoom morning and night so I could reach both ends of the globe and that felt good but interestingly day seven was something different and it it actually morphed into what it ended up being which was more of a a journey setting and a bigger horizon for people rather than more detail and Mm -hmm. felt that felt much better but I was like you and I I got really organized and did the whole Virgo thing. So I did my, in my office here, I have a sliding door on my cupboards and I did a Kanban board. Now, if you don't know what a Kanban board is, it's really simple. It's just got three areas, one where you put things on sticky notes that you have to do. And then you've got an area which is you're doing. And then the third area is done. And it just felt so satisfying to have that, I could see things moving through every day and I literally wrote, okay, on one post-it note was email for day one and then it was the video. And for, for me, each day I split into the idea and then putting that idea into action. So there was two components every day and I put all mine onto an online an e-course platform. Mm-hmm. So I found that was really good to have a kind of a hub, a home for all that content rather than having people just having to trawl back through their emails to find links to certain unpublished videos, that way they could go there and they could work through all the material backwards and forwards, revisit things if they needed to. Mm -hmm. So my prep, once I got the structure and I literally put the structure into the online course, I then just started populating it with videos and content of text and downloads and other worksheets and so forth. And just it took me nearly two weeks to work through that, getting that all that material together. Mm-hmm. And it felt good because I also had that process of 
I couldn't tell you necessarily the detail of what I said in any one of them. I was just in the moment. It just flowed. And sometimes when I read my own emails, I think, wow, that's kind of interesting. I'd forgotten I'd said that. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I think that that process, so I gave myself a fair bit of space to be able to do it. So I didn't want to be under the pump. So if you're like me and you don't work well under time pressure, I just don't anymore. I don't want to do it. I hate going there. I hate the energy of it. So I always make sure I've got a luxury of time where I feel this sort of expansion and I can kind of do everything that I want to do and get it looking how I want to want it to look. So the content being in a place, whether it's videos somewhere or it's, you know, online course information. The other key thing that we need to think about in the preparation phase is Where are you going to send people who might be interested, who've either heard you talk or maybe seen something that you've posted? You need to send them to a page where they can get information and hopefully say yes. So there's that body of work as well, that sign up page. And that's a really important interaction piece because that's, Mm -hmm. that's a whole conversation that you're having with someone and you need to do that well. So I feel like that's a really critical part as important as the content that you're going to deliver, that first interaction that people might have. Well, you know, I am not a Virgo. So I will speak from the Gemini point of view. And that is, I really needed something to follow. And if you're feeling a little overwhelmed right now because of all the things we're talking about, I want you to check out Alina Vincent. She's a wonderful teacher. And her website is businesssuccessedge.com. She's a great teacher. She knows she's great at teaching things in in a methodical order. And she has a free checklist actually that's called Fast, Easy and Profitable Online Challenges. Look under the Facebook category there. And I followed her checklist and it was so helpful for me you know, to see what I needed to do next and what was important now, you know, uh, all the way up to the challenge and then during the challenge. Um, And I really appreciated having that kind of guide for me. Yeah, I'll put that I'll put that link in the show notes. So the other thing, which is now we're getting into sort of some of the more minor stuff, but still needs to be thought about is people need a thank you page or they need some indication that they've actually been registered and that they know that they are in. And so you have to have some way of collecting the emails. In my case, I also needed a shopping cart because mine was a paid challenge. And then we need to think about doing up the promotions that we're going to run in that period before go day. So promotions are really important. What sort of things did you do for your promotions, Jen? Emails, I remember graphics, you know, not everyone is going to be like, wow, I just threw a graphic together and it was wonderful. Graphics to me are really important. And I happen to have a graphic artist that I use when I really want things to spark. So I think that's really important to have a graphic that is identifiable for your challenge. And yours was amazing, Michelle. You're always good at that. You know, just like it, it shines, it, it is what people will go, oh, wow, I want to be a part of that. I think that's so much part of of the the pre stuff. And, and to promote it, you should always have that graphic in every email that you send out. I work with emails and also with uh, social media, you know, just getting the word out and making it super, super easy <laughs> for people to sign up, enticing. What is the promise? Mm. What is the promise of this challenge? You know, mm-hmm. don't 
Don't be afraid to give them a promise because that's what they're looking for. You know, why should they spend their time? You need to get clear about that. Absolutely. You know, why, why they need to spend their time. And so to, to me, it was about, I think, 10 days out, two, two weeks out, that I started promoting it online on very, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and start sending emails. I had a, a series of emails that I sent to my list. I have a list. And one of the ways I, I grew my list was actually giving Facebook challenges. So it's a wonderful play, place to start growing an email list if you don't have one. This is, this is where I would start if I was just starting out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's great advice. Yeah. The other thought, if you've got platforms like we've got, which is the podcast, you can also use those sorts of ways of reaching people mm-hmm. if they're likely to be your audience if it's a good match then share your story and if it's not podcast maybe you've got a youtube channel it gets a little tricky with youtube if it's a paid challenge because it then becomes a a promotion for a paid product and that's not um, as well regarded and embraced by youtube they can put all sorts of restrictions but i think if it's a free challenge then you've got a little more leeway and i think that there can be a lot of really good ways and I agree graphics for me are everything and (laughs) blessed be Canva in my world so I think we've we've done a big dive into the first bit and and we haven't even we've talked for nearly half an hour and we haven't even hit go on the challenge so I think we need to pause there what do you think Jen? I think it's a great idea let's let's take a breather let's take (laughs) let's take integrate as a wrap for this episode and we look forward to talking some more about the actual running of the challenge and the wrap up of your online challenge in part two so thank you everyone for joining and listening we appreciate your time thanks jen thank you michelle always wonderful to 